You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our Life Crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Ross Steele. I kind of started chuckle. I was like, wow, that was only two years ago. And see what the Lord has been able to do in two years as long as we just listen and move when he says to move. So the title of my message being listen and move. I want to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit and to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing by the one spirit and to another the effecting of miracles and to another prophecy and to another the distinguishing of spirits and to another various kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues. I highlighted prophecy because that's where we're going to focus on today. We have the prophetic conference coming up this weekend, uh, which we want you there. If you want to know more about uh, the gift of prophecy, this is your chance. You don't have to have it all figured out to come. We invite you there. We want you to be there. But I'm going to talk a little bit about it just to give you a little preview of what to expect um, what to expect this coming weekend. But I want to jump to now 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Here, we are, we, we uh, I think the, the word of the Lord is, is true, right? I don't think that. I know that. The word of the Lord is truth. And it's saying, especially that you may prophesy. So we, like we're told basically in this moment as believers, as followers of Christ, that we should prophesy. And I'm going to talk through the gift of prophecy, what it means. But I want to start here knowing that what is prophecy? Prophecy is a superior gift. It is the su- superior gift, I guess you could say. And what, what happens when, when a prophetic word is given? What should prophecy do? Prophecy should give edification, exhortation, and comfort. And I think, I think that you need all three. Some may argue you may need one or the other. I, I think, and this is just me personally, I, uh, my own opinion on it, is that I think you need all three. That's why I said and and not or. Some may believe you could speak to others and they may say, well, maybe it's just one or the other. I think that all three, they all come. They edify the individual, really the spirit of, of the Lord as well. They exhort the individual and also the spirit of the Lord, and they comfort the individual. And I think that is what happens when a prophetic word is given and when we operate in prophecy, the gift of prophecy. But the, the gift of prophecy comes from Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, who reveals the deep things of God. Oftentimes, we go through our life, our Christian faith, we're trying to figure out why, why this, why that? We want to know everything. And I shared this a couple weeks ago. I don't really want to know everything. I don't care to know everything. I know that the, the Lord, I, the God I serve is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and that's all I need to know. I know that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sin, so I don't have to be bound by shame or guilt or anything else like that. Like, those are the things that, that matter most to me, and those are the things that I know are most important to me. Now, there, there are a lot of other things that could strengthen me in my faith, but, but when it comes to the gift of prophecy, it's really just the Spirit of God showing us the deep things about God. And I want to take us to 1 John chapter 4. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test the spirits. 
What I mean by this is when, if somebody says, I have a word for you, or maybe even if it's you saying you've got a word for somebody else, like there are times we need to test the word. We need to judge the word that is given. That is a part of prophecy. That's a part of the, the gift of prophecy. And I wanna talk, show you some things that are uh, what true prophecy looks like. The first being, true prophecy always is Christ exalting. It's always going to exalt the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Secondly, it will always magnify the Son of God. True prophecy magnifies the Son of God being Jesus Christ. It will always lift him up higher, lift him up, magnify him. It will, uh, true prophecy is exalting the blood of Jesus. Basically, uh, talking about what the blood of Jesus did, exalts the blood itself and the power that we have in the blood of Jesus. And finally, true prophecy is to encourage, saint, or to encourage saints to praise and worship. Oftentimes, and many, many of you in here may not have ever received a, a prophetic word, and maybe you've never given one. That's okay. It doesn't make you a second-class Christian or anything like that. Um, but there are others in here who have given them and have received them. And let me tell you, I can speak from my own experience. When I've received a, a prophetic word over my life, I can't help but to praise and worship. There is so much joy. There is exhortation, there's edification, and there's comfort. And I can't help but to, to praise and worship. I was excited. Like, prophecy isn't necessarily my strong suit, but I was really excited to deliver this message. And like you, some of you maybe have seen it down front. That last song that we were into, I was over there jumping around. I just couldn't help myself. And, and, it, and it, it, it always will push us to praise and worship. And I want to jump to Revelation chapter 22 where it says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book, of this, of the book, of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. In a way, the holy scriptures, the whole thing are prophetic words because it is man is written by man, but is inspired by the spirit of the Lord. He gave the words to be written. Okay, so essentially all the scriptures you could look at is prophecy. So what it's saying is if anyone takes away or if anyone adds to them, there's gonna be hell to pay. All right, I mean, just put it plain and simple. Like that, that's essentially what we see here. Prof, false prophets are always the ones that will add or take away from the Holy Scriptures. Few, I'm not here to bash on other churches, but I know that I've seen clips of, of other churches who will add things to the Scriptures as if they are there when they're not. It's a false prophet. And we are, we are told to, to, to stay, really protect ourselves from them, be mindful of them, take off the blinders and ask the Lord, Lord, will you reveal to me, is this a false prophet? Are they adding or taking away from the scriptures. A lot of people in this world, in this culture, they want to take away from the scripture. They want to take out one little piece of it, have no context. The problem is when you take the text out of the context, it just becomes a con. Now, like ultimately, that's what it is. They try to take away from the scriptures to get their point across. No, we got to see the whole scriptures as they are, as they're written, and as they're meant to be understood. Acts chapter two says, and it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall uh, dream dreams. 
We, in the last days, shall prophesy. We are supposed to. We are meant to prophesy. In the last days, prophecy is a great blessing to us. Because what happens when it's true prophecy is edification, it's exhortation, and it is comfort. So in the last days, which many people, I'm not going to get into it today, I don't have enough time to talk about, are we in our last days? I'm not going to talk about it. But what I will say, if we are, then we shall prophesy because when we prophesy or, or if prophecy is given to us, it will, if it's true prophecy, it will exhort, it will edify, and it will comfort us. Right? And, and those who are receiving it. And there's a lot of people who are fearful of the last days. I don't know why. I'm ready. Like, let's go. Let's go to heaven. Like, I'm here. And I, everybody wants to hold on to what's here on earth. This is all temporary. And, and I'm not here to, to bash anybody. I'm not here to shame anybody. I'm just here to speak and preach the word of God as I believe that the Lord has led me to. But here's the other thing. I'm human. I can get it wrong. And I, I'm not saying I'm wrong in this message or anything, but like I can get it wrong. And when prophetic words are given, it shall be judged. I have a group of individuals who listen to my message every week and they will share with me the ways I got it wrong and the ways I got it right. And the right ways, awesome, great. I'm really, the only thing I care about is what things that I get wrong and how can I fix it? How can I be more in line with the word of the Lord? But in the last days, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Not really just in the last days. I mean, even, even just to this day, since the beginning, he's always disguised himself as an angel of light. He, he's here to bring confusion and, and spread, spread lies. He's the father of lies. So when we hear these things that are negative in our minds or that others may speak over us, we must be mindful. Is that edifying? Is that, is that, uh, does that exhort or bring comfort? No, definitely not of Christ. And I will rebuke that and I renounce that in the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, again, let two or three prophets speak and let the others pass judgment. Like I was sharing, the prophetic words must be judged. They must be judged. They can't, we can't just go around saying, hey, I got a word and, and say it from, say from the, 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 the sidewalk corner and let no judgment come. It is to be judged. Each prophetic word must be judged. It's actually a great... Uh, I don't, I don't actually know. I, I think he was a pastor. Uh, I mean, it was a long time ago. Smith, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, he actually wrote this. He said, if you are not humble enough to let your prophecy be judged, it is surely wrong as you are wrong. That means if we're going to deliver a word, we also have to come and deliver it with humility. There must be humility involved because there will be judgment on the word itself because it's supposed to be judged. And we can't get def offended or, or defensive when somebody tries to uh, tries to judge our word and, and they tell us we're wrong and we just know you're wrong. No, it, does, it doesn't go like that. The, each word is open for judgment. And ultimately, uh, we see, I don't know exactly where it is, but it's in the New Testament. It says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It is the spirit of prophecy. This is the testimony of Jesus. Ultimately, if we want to simplify it, not get too much in the weeds, we can frame it as in one, one simple phrase. Prophecy is hearing the voice of the Lord. But that's the listening. My message is listen and move. A lot of times we listen, we can hear the voice of the Lord, but what do we do with that then? That's where things we don't know. Like some people just not sure what to do with that after that. Um, but it's to move. 
is to, to, to deliver that word wherever see fit. And if you're just like, I don't know if it's, it's, it's right yet. It's actually, I'm gonna tell you a funny story. Um, it's not really a funny story, it's a cool story. But uh, uh, one of my mentors, Phil, he, he actually delivered a word to me one time. And it was after I shared something with him about a, like a dream I had. And I was, and I was like, I shared it kind of with him. And, and he's like, you know what? He's like, I was just praying that the Lord would open a door for me to share this because he shared it with me. And he showed, and, and, then, he, and then he shared it with me. So oftentimes, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to move right then. Sometimes it may say, Lord, will you just provide an opportunity? Like, have your way. He's a God of order. It will, it will be seamless if we allow him to be in charge and to, to, to follow his lead when we are trying to deliver these words. And a prophet must prophesy according to their measure of faith. I can't sit here and, I couldn't sit here and prophesy over something that's like this great big thing if my measure of faith is so small. Yes, mustard seed, faith of the size of a mustard seed can move mountains, yes, but we must, we cannot prophesy to the extent far beyond what our own measure of faith allows us to. We are limited by our own measure of faith. So maybe if you're here today and you're like, I don't know much about prophecy, I've never really understood it, I can't prophesy, I don't have that gift, Maybe it's the measure of faith that needs looked at. Ultimately, what it comes down to is that we must take action. We must take action. There was uh, a story that I'm going to share with you. And it's funny because on Tuesday, um, I'm going to be heading down to Atlanta for a young adult conference called Passion Conference. It'll be our fourth year going. And this morning, I got a uh, memory from Google Photos like four years ago today. And it was actually the first time I ever went to Passion with uh, Devin and myself. And it was a picture of Mercedes-Benz Superdome that there's like 72,000, I don't know, 70,000 young adults, college students, young adults in the stadium, just lifting the name of Jesus, worship, listening to these messages. It was powerful. And ultimately, why I share that is because there's action that needs to take place. And this, this reminded me, when I was writing this, this is what reminded me. At Passion 2021, so what is, this would have been two years ago now, um, I was there and I fasted. It was three days. I fasted uh, since the first. And I was fasting up to three days. It's the last, last day, last session. And I've shared this briefly with a lot of you before. Um, but there was a break before dinner. And I was mad. I was mad at God. I'll be honest. I was like, this is dumb. Like, I'm fasting. I want to hear the word of the Lord. I want to hear from the Lord. I have yet to receive anything. And it's the third day. Oftentimes, when I fast, the third day is usually the hardest for me. And uh, so I was getting irritated. And uh, I, I was just frustrated. And I told my friend, I said, I'm just, I'm just mad. I'm mad that I haven't heard anything. I've, I've tried to be obedient in this. And nothing, nothing's come. We go into the last session. Uh, Pastor Louis Giglio, he speaks. And it was all about saying yes to Jesus. And I, you know, he had us all close our eyes, bow our heads, whatever. If, if you say yes, if you want to say yes to Jesus, just stand up. And, and it was basically like saying yes to what he has for you and where he's taking you. And I, so I stood up like, and then I opened my eyes and not that many people stood up. And I was like, maybe I heard him wrong. Maybe I wasn't supposed to stand up. But then more people stood up. I was like, okay, no, this is right. And then we go into worship. This random gal comes up behind me, says, can I pray over you? And I was like, yeah, I guess. 
like, I don't know who you are, but sure. Uh, she said, just go ahead and keep worshiping. So I was like worshiping, and then she said, I have a word for you. First time in my life that I had genuinely known, I was like, oh, this is a prophetic word. Anyways, so she goes to share it, and I wrote it down. I wrote it down in my book right after. I, I couldn't help myself. I just started tearing up, so I had to write it down. And uh, it was really short, really simple. You are a leader. Your testimony needs shown and spoken. It will draw people in. Your boldness and leadership is going to draw people in. He is, uh, he is using you for this and his glory to furthermore advance his kingdom. And I, and I sit back and I look at it. I, I think about it often because I, at that point, nobody knew I had a, I had a hard time sharing my story. And nobody knew that I struggled with sharing what, where, what the Lord saved me from and what my life was before him. Nobody knew that. And the fact that she came and just said that, and I was like, oh, buddy, okay. And uh, I was like, all right, I guess we're doing this thing. But I didn't move right away. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't move right away. It wasn't until this past Easter message, which many of you were here for, that was when the first time I really actually sat down and shared a lot of my story. And, and there's no coincidence that since then, this church has grown, this campus has grown in such great ways. Life groups have, have launched, salvations have gone up, uh, growth just as far as attendance on Sundays, next-gen ministries have grown immensely. There are a number of things that have grown, and it, all I had to do was move. I, I heard it, I listened, but I didn't move, and it took me still over a year to ultimately move. And it brings me to something I say often. Uh, my podcast is called Feed, uh, Feed Jesus Sheep, or Feed the Sheep, not Feed Jesus Sheep. It's called Feed the Sheep. I don't even know the name of my own podcast. Uh, it's called Feed the Sheep. And the reason it is, is because there was a word that came from me that eventually my, mom, my grandma spoke over me forever. I was about two or three years old. She sat me on her lap. She said, Ross, what are you, you going to do when you grow up? The classic thing. And she, you know, most people, firefighter or something, whatever. And I just said, I'm going to feed Jesus' sheep. And I was like, she would remind me of that. And I was not living for the Lord for a lot of my life. Um, and she would remind me of that in that season. And I was like, okay, grandma, I get it. Like, well, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, and then 2019 came and she reminded me, you're going to feed Jesus sheep. And this was after uh, the, my, my own personal revival again with, with my, my buddy Devin, that we had this revival that took place in our lives that there was no going back at this point. And I knew it. I just knew it. It was different. And she reminded me of this. She said, feed Jesus' sheep. And I was like, okay. I don't know what that means. So then I just started serving in church. And then here we go. It takes us back to this picture. Like, it's all, all these things. We listen, but we also must move. And oftentimes, the challenge or the message will challenge us to submit. Many of you know, when, I, when, when the Pendleton campus opened up, I was like, I'm not going. I was, I was host over at Noblesville. I loved it. It was so fun. And I was like, nope, I'm not going. Even though I lived a lot closer here than I did Noblesville campus, I was like, I'm not leaving. Everybody's like, you're not leaving. Right? I said, nope, I'm staying. I love it here. And, uh, and then Pastor Nathan just asked me, will you just pray about it? And I was like, okay, I guess I'll pray about it. I was like, he's not gonna tell me anything different. Wrong, okay, very wrong. He, the Lord showed me through words, and then also picture that this is where I was supposed to be. And 
the way that it comes about takes me back to my baptism. We're gonna do a baptism today, but it takes me back to my baptism where Pastor Nathan baptized me. He, show, he, he shared what my name means, and it was a headland. A headland is often a place where one would build a lighthouse. No coincidence, we have a lighthouse right on the front of our church. Also, the same grandma who would speak, feed Jesus sheep over me, is loved lighthouses. I drew on plates, you know, in kindergarten, you better draw on plates and then they like, you can use them or whatever. Well, I drew lighthouses all the time for my grandma. She had all these pictures of lighthouses and it all comes back. All these things line up from one prophetic word that I'm gonna feed Jesus' sheep when I was three years old to now. But all I had to do was submit to what the message was. I didn't wanna submit, I never submitted until ultimately I see this, I'm like, I'm supposed to be here. I, I hated, I, I didn't enjoy leaving Noblesville. I'll be honest, I, I battled with it. I was like, Lord, I'll go, but I'm not happy about this. And then he just continued to show up and he continued to provide. And I don't regret it one bit now. And it is a great honor and a privilege to be here with you. But I don't want this message just to be about prophecy. We're ending this year. And I wanna share about if none of those things happened, if I never, if I could listen, but never moved, if I, if I never said yes to what the Lord had for me, this campus, it would, it would be here. It just wouldn't be me, but it's a great honor that I get to have and I get to stand here with you today. But I wanna share some, some great numbers that I think are just amazing over this past year, just these great numbers. And we're just gonna, I'm gonna list them all. We had, in this last year, 24 salvations. If you were paying attention to the, not that it's a competition at all, which most things are for me, but if you were paying attention to the announcement video, there were 70 throughout the church as a whole from all of our campuses. We had 24. And I believe we started the year at 24 from the last year as well. And, and this light wall back here continues to get filled up because more people are saying yes to Jesus. They're calling on him as Lord and Savior. And we get to see it every single time somebody gives their life to Jesus, they plug in their light bulb and we get to rejoice with them. We had 24 lives changed. 24 generations will be changed because of these, these decisions. We had 20 life groups over this past year. It's all about connecting to grow here. Do we have enough groups for the size of our church? Here at this campus, we do tenfold. And it is such a great honor and a privilege. We've had five couples or single people or, or families who, are, who became debt-free over this last year. Uh, we had 12 children on average, I would say now, uh, here at the end of this year. We've had 12 children when at the beginning of the year, we had like two, three. Like in one year, that's a big difference. That's a 400% growth. I could say the number, I could say we grew by 400%. Like that's, that's awesome as well. Uh, we had four separate outreaches that have incredibly impacted, um, incredibly impacted just what is happening here in this community. Here, here the, the men and, and women's homes that we've been able to step into and serve and love on them, lives are being changed. And people are saying yes to Jesus more and more because of our outreach is what we're able to do. The 554 prayer, that's 554 prayer hours that went into this last year after me calculating 21 days of prayer, our Saturday morning prayer, 554 hours. And that's just the ones where we say we're scheduling these prayers. I know this is a praying church and we pray far more than 554 hours, but I think that's an incredible number for our size. For starting just over a year ago, that's incredible, y'all. And then benevolence, just over this last uh, two months, we were able to give $6,000 to people in the church who needed it in times of need. And it's because of your generosity that we were able to do this. 
because of what you guys do, all of these things are possible. All the dream teams that are growing, it's because of you that all of these numbers are possible. It's nothing that I do. I, I, I stand by that. I say that in and out, inside the inside of meetings, outside of meetings. It's nothing that I do that it results in these numbers. The only thing I do as far as salvation is say, who wants to give their life to Jesus? But, it, but it's what you guys do. It's you guys as the church going out, making disciples, evangelizing, sharing the goodness of Jesus and his great name. Now I wanna share one more prophetic word that was given. It was, I actually have it framed. It sits in my office. There was a couple that, that used to go here. They don't go here any longer, but they are, man, they're strong believers. Love them. They ended up moving, which is why they're not here anymore. But uh, she came up to me, delivered this, folded it up, said, I got a word for you. Here it is. And she just handed me this piece of paper. I'm not great at reading cursive either. So I had to ask a lot of people to be like, uh, can you help me decipher this? So I wrote it in print, but I'm gonna, it's, it's also in your sermon notes. It was on uh, May 14th of last year at 11.02 a.m. Father God has seen your heart. When the winds of change cause Elsie Pendleton to grow, he will grow your gifting, and I, Holy Spirit, will guide you to usher in all God has for Elsie Pendleton. The reason I share this is because it, it exhorts it edifies and it brings comfort. This is true prophecy. It exalts the blood of Jesus. It exalts him. It magnifies the son of God. The, these, this is just one example. And this brought me great comfort because I was just stepped in. I was stressed. I was like, I don't know what this looks like for me. Um, but it's not necessarily about growing my gifting. But how am I, as your pastor, going to lead you? My job as the shepherd is to lead you is to protect you. And how will I do that? As we continue to grow, I'll figure that out. But what I do know is that right here in this place, his presence is always here. This is a spirit-filled church, one with a lot of rock-solid believers who love praying, who love worshiping. And this year, this coming year. It will be a turbulent year for our country, but I'll say it again. Here at Life Church Pendleton, we will not waver in our faith. We will not waver. We will stand firmly on the word of God as the one and only truth, the only living God that we have. We will serve him with all that we are. We will have a, a fiery passion for him. And yes, will the church grow? Yeah, I would almost bet on it, but it's because there's a lot of churches nowadays that are wavering to troubled times. And we will not be that church. And it's not because of our strength, believe me. And it's because the strength of the Lord, the strength that we receive from him and his spirit. And we're gonna do a baptism here after this song, but I wanted to invite you guys to a challenge. I'm, I'm one for challenges. It's, it's in your sermon notes. And I'm gonna ask you after I share all the things if you're gonna participate with me and you're gonna stand up because I wanna see your face and make eye contact with you to know who's in it with me. There's a pastor of mine that I look up to, uh, never had a really long conversation with him just via email. Uh, his name's Jonathan, Jonathan Pecluda and he started this, uh, you all have heard the 75 hard challenge. Well, he calls this the 365 hard challenge, really not so hard challenge. It's really not hard, but it's for 365 days, this challenge, and, and I'm gonna put it up here. This is what the challenge is for us. 
Jason, you wanna help me out, brother? Thank you, sir. 365 hard, pray, 15 minutes. There's a caveat to this. 15 minutes, technology free. No phone, no TV, nothing. If you wanna put worship music on, go find a CD player, I don't know. Uh, no technology, no distractions, ultimately is what I'm getting at. If you wanna put music on your Bluetooth speaker, go for it, but just no distractions. Take your Apple watch off, whatever. 15 minutes, pray, 15 minutes a day. Read one chapter of the Bible, one chapter of the Bible every single day for 365 days. Work out, 15 minutes. It could be a walk, it could be a bike ride, it could be a jog. You could literally do air squats for 15 minutes. I don't know, whatever you wanna do. It doesn't have to be intense, it doesn't need to be intense. And then drink half your body weight in ounces in water, making, making that clear, in water. And no food after 8 p.m. You say, Ross, why, why, are you, why are you making this challenge? Because I'm taking the challenge and I want y'all to be with me ultimately. We're about to go into 21 days of prayer and fasting as well. And, and you, could, you have freedom in this, but I really do think that this will help us. This will encourage us in our faith. Because a lot of us, we're, we're solid in our reading our Bibles and we're solid in prayer and maybe, maybe moving throughout the day, we are, but is it, is it daily? Are we setting time aside to be with Jesus in his presence daily? And that's, that's all I'm asking. So if that's you, there's, I'm not gonna embarrass you or anything, but I do wanna know who it is because I'm gonna set an accountability little group so we can lean on one another when times get hard. That's, that's all it is. But also, there's no grace. If you fail, you fail. Okay, you're out. I'm just saying. I'll cover it real clear. There's no shame in failing. I say all the time here, here to our team, I say failure is not an option. It is a requirement. We fail, and when we fail, we learn. And we grow when we learn. So if we fail, we're gonna learn from it. We're gonna grow. But if that's you, if you're here today, you say, Russ, I will take this challenge with you. It's not a hard challenge, 365, 365 days. That's easy, right? You can count to 365 in like three minutes. Uh, yeah, I know, it makes no sense, I just said it. Uh, but if you wanna take this challenge with me, I just ask if you will, stand up. Stand up with me, amen. There's no shame in you who, who, aren't, who, aren't, uh, who aren't standing, I promise. And I want you to take your sermon notes. I want you to take a picture of that after you filled it out or put it on your background, put it on your fridge, whatever. Put it on your mirror. I don't care what you do, but remind yourself that this is the challenge you're taking. And yes, it is a physical challenge. It, it is a, it'll be a mental battle, I'm sure, at times. It'll be emotional, I'm sure, as well. But most importantly, it's for our spiritual, spiritual health. That's what I'm getting at. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna hopefully remember all these people <laughs> to put in a group and, and I'm gonna start a group and I'm just gonna send in a, a word of encouragement, daily, weekly, whatever, I'll figure it out. But we're in this together. And I believe through this, as we take this challenge, we're gonna grow as a church. I believe that your, your health will benefit. I believe that your home life will benefit. I believe your family will benefit from it. And all these things really are just for the glory of God. Say, we did this, not for me, not because my pastor asked me to. No, I want you to be in it because of what God's gonna do through this year 
here at Life Church Pendleton, and it's going to be powerful. Everybody we are encouraged by today's talk. Be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.